and welcome to Natural Health Simplified, where we help you cut through the noise and provide simple science-based strategies to help you live a healthy life. I'm Pam Stone, and my special guest today is Natalie Elliott. Natalie is a health educator with Blackmore's Institute. Hi, Natalie, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Pam. Now, today we're going to talk about bones and what we need to do to ensure the strength and the health of our hardworking skeleton. And Natalie, I think you're pretty passionate about this topic. Look, I certainly am. Uh, osteoporosis runs through the family. Mm. And I know that, you know, over 1.2 million Australians are affected by this condition. Wow, there you go. Mm. And I think what's most, you know, interesting is that there are so many things that are available to us to help maintain our bone density. And today I just really want to, you know, cover four things that our bones need to prevent or slow bone loss and how to use them for best effect. And these are calcium vitamin D3, vitamin K2, and exercise. I'm also wanting just to highlight those risk factors that can silently deplete our bone reserves. Oh, this sounds interesting. So let's just sort of cut to the chase, I guess, and start with osteoporosis. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? So osteoporosis like literally means porous bones. Mm. So inside the bones is this like honeycomb-like appearance with small holes, mm. and these holes can become larger and the bone more fragile. This occurs when our bones lose minerals such as calcium more quickly than they can be replaced. Mm. And over time, this leads to a decline in the thickness and mass of our bone structure. Mm. We mostly hear about the hip, spine and wrist, but any bone can be affected. And usually there's no sign that osteoporosis is developing until a bone fracture occurs. Wow. Well, that's a really critical point, isn't it, to, to, to know about and to be mindful of. So let's keep talking about that. So this is you know, an important conversation. And I find many people are confused that they may have heard of the term osteopenia. Okay. So, yeah, a further 6.3 million Australians um, have this condition. And osteopenia is like an earlier stage of low bone density mm. where there's been some loss, but it's not severe enough to be called osteoporosis. Oh, okay. So what you're saying, I think, is that this condition does develop slowly over time. I suppose the good news about that, at least, is that we can intervene early and prevent this progression of, of the uh, changes into, in our bones. So we're talking calcium as well. So first up, how do we know, therefore, if we're getting enough calcium to manage our bone density? Oh, it's such a good question, Pam, especially when, you know, it's been identified that a half of all Australian adults don't consume their daily recommended intake of calcium. Oh, golly. And yeah. I know. And even like more concerning is that 90% of females aged between 51 and 70 years of age don't eat enough calcium from their diet. Mm, goodness. I know. Look, when, when reviewing calcium status in people's diets, the only person I've ever come across is this wonderful, uh, wonderful Italian nonna who lived independently and loved snacking on parmesan cheese. She'd enjoy her tinned sardines and greens from her garden. Mm. And she always started the day with this bowl of fresh yogurt and a cup of warm milk before bed. Sounds but, fantastic. I think I'd oh, like, does, like her it? bones <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and her you diet. Know, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and but that's unusual. So, mm. you know, there are some wonderful resources available um, 
I recommend the calcium counter on the Osteoporosis Australian website mm. to help assess your calcium intake. So what you can do is I recommend you over every over three days is you know sit down at the end of the night, take this hand out and guesstimate your calcium intake over the day to see if you're on the right track. Mm. So for many it can be challenging. Our recommended daily intake for adults is a thousand milligrams a day, but once women hit fifty. This increases to 1,300 milligrams a day. And once men reach 70, they also need to be consuming 1,300 milligrams a day. So it's kind of really important to go, okay, I've hit 50. Where is this extra 300 milligrams coming from? Mm. And I must say Osteoporosis Australia, hearing all those amounts and figures, Osteoporosis Australia, as you say, sounds like an excellent go-to for all of this information that we need a bit of guidance with. So can you give us a quick idea, though, of where we can best get our calcium from in our diet? You mentioned dairy, but uh, what else? So, well, dairy foods are a good source of calcium. However, not everybody wants to be consuming large amounts of dairy. So other significant food sources include tinned salmon, tinned mm-hmm. sardines, mm. and you know, do eat those soft bones because that's where the calcium, the highest source of calcium is derived from. Mm. Uh, if you're going to be consuming soya milk, choose one that's been fortified with mm. extra calcium. Mm. Broccoli, tofu, nuts and seeds, beans. So having a diet that's full of variety and diversity is important. Mm. And I often recommend it sometimes the small changes which can add up, such as, you know, introducing a tahini salad dressing. Tahini is made from sesame seeds and another rich source of calcium. Oh, I, I love tahini. And I think tahini's enjoyed a bit of a resurgence these days and people are recognising it's it's good for savoury and sweet, tahini biscuits and this and that. So th- I think that's an excellent tip. And I think not only to be aware of what to increase, but to also be aware of those foods such as high quantities of animal proteins, Mm. which can lead to increased calcium excretion. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yep. Yeah. And probably also to be good to be aware that excessive amounts of alcohol, caffeine and Mm -hmm. soft drink should be avoided. Mm, Good to know. it is, isn't it? And if you're not, if you know that you're not hitting your daily target, a calcium supplement between mm. 500 to 600 milligrams a day mm. is recommended, and this can be split into two or more doses over the day. Okay. What well, is that better absorbed or something that way? Is it? It, it is. So calcium yeah. is better absorbed mm-hmm. uh, when taken in doses of three hundred milligrams or less. Now that's really good. Sounds like it's a real equation, a bit of a, a juggling act for our bones, and one that we really should pay attention to. So tell us about vitamin D three. You did mention that, and why is that important? So vitamin D helps to promote the absorption of calcium from our gut mm. to make it available for use by our skeletons. Mm. A low vitamin D levels can be a risk factor for muscle weakness and this might lead to falls and potentially the risk of a bone fracture. Right, okay. Uh, Look, we do get most of our vitamin D from the action of sunlight on Mm. the skin. So people with limited exposure to sunlight, such as those working indoors, those who are fully clothed, or even people with naturally darker skin Mm. are more at risk of low vitamin D. Mm, Yes, we've talked about vitamin D before and the statistics are quite, I don't know, they're a bit concerning, aren't they? In Australia, we could be better with our attention to our vitamin D levels, some of us, I think. 
Absolutely. I think it's one in four Australians are estimated to have low vitamin D levels, Pam. Mm, yeah, that's, that is quite high, given the implications of that for our bone health as well. All right, so you've mentioned that our bones also need vitamin K. So why is that? Where does that fit in? Well, vitamin K2 in particular is vital for the way in which bone takes up calcium. So, yeah, so vitamin D helps with the absorption of calcium in the digestive tract and vitamin K2 helps to place the calcium into the bone. So that wonderful trio of calcium, vitamin D and vitamin K2 kind of really support one another to help maintain bone health. Oh, that's very interesting. So are there any other bone facts that we should know about? There is actually, Pam, it's pretty good to know your risk factors and even conduct a kind of a self-assessment to identify your risk of developing osteoporosis. For both men and women, a quarter of all Australians with osteoporosis are men. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, I reckon some of us aren't really aware of that as well. So no one is immune to it, I suppose. So, so yeah, so let us know about some of these risk factors. Well, women are at greater risk of developing osteoporosis Mm -hmm. because of this rapid decline in their estrogen levels during menopause. Mm. When estrogen levels decline, the bones lose calcium and other minerals at a much faster rate. Right, okay. Yeah, and men um, with low testosterone levels. If men have low testosterone levels, this is also a risk factor for Mm. the development of osteoporosis. Okay, strong hormonal influences there. Is family history likely to be a risk? Absolutely. So other risk factors include a family history of osteoporosis, having a slight or slender frame, or even being underweight or conversely, losing weight quickly. Right. Okay. That's good to know about as well. It is. Other other ones to consider is that ageing is a risk factor. Mm. uh, It's a risk factor for most things, Natalie, isn't it really? As we, you know, as we age, we we absorb calcium less effectively, mm-hmm. and experience, you know, increased loss through our kidneys. Mm-hmm. And certain medications can also mm. impact bone health. So good to talk to your doctor or healthcare professional, and as well as excessive alcohol consumption and smoking. Mm, gosh, okay. There's a few things to watch out for there to be really aware of. Now, you also mentioned the role of exercise for our bones. Can you elaborate on that again? So regular exercise is essential because bone density is maintained to help support those muscles which are used regularly, especially if that activity involves lifting heavy loads. Mm. Uh, Weight-bearing exercise such as brisk walking, jogging, dancing Mm. or climbing stairs, anything that where we, you know, are basically on our feet Mm. and bearing our own body weight can help to build and maintain strong bones and slow bone loss. Right. Okay. That's very interesting. So there's aerobic exercise and the weight-bearing resistant exercises, isn't it? Do we need both ideally or not necessarily? A combination of both is ideal. Okay. So the uh, resistance training, you're spot on, is that also known as strength training. Mm-hmm. And it's when we use weights of some kinds, for example, machines, ankle or wrist weights, and this helps to build muscle mass and bone density to increase those bulkier Um, muscles that we're building. Natalie, excellent advice here that is all doable, I think, and as you say, all works together to benefit our bones. So what would be your final message? Uh, Look, there are three essential nutrients for bone health, and these are calcium, vitamin D3, and vitamin K2. 
okay too. So ensure you're consuming adequate calcium for your age and needs and even access a calcium counter to assist. Right. Exercise is critical to help maintain bone strength and include both weight-bearing aerobic exercise and also those strength exercises that work your muscles. Thank you so much, Natalie. That's excellent advice. And as you say, start on any of those things and we'll, our bones will thank us for it. Thanks so much, Pam. You've been listening to Natural Health Simplified, powered by Blackmore's Institute. Thanks for joining us today. If you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover, we'd love to hear from you. So please get in touch at info at blackmoresinstitute.org. I'm Pam Stone. Thanks for listening.